Welcome to Sunday Morning at Faith Assembly, featuring the ministry of Senior Pastor Phil Goss. We're glad you've joined us. Now, here's Pastor Goss. If you'll find your notes, they were in a bulletin when you walked in and take them out. We're in a series we've entitled Here to Serve. It's taken from Mark chapter 10, verse 42, where Jesus calls his disciples together and he says, you know the rulers in this world, they lord it over their people and officials flaunt their authority over those under them. But among you, it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first among you must be the slave of everyone else. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. If Jesus Christ came to this planet to serve, why do you think we're here? We're here to serve as well. So we've talked about the attitude of serving, and you all have such wonderful attitudes, don't you? Yeah, you do, but the person next to you, they're still a work in progress, aren't they? And we talk about the actions. A servant never stops serving. You keep acting as a servant. Today, we're going to talk about a subject that is not liked. It will be quiet this morning, and I'm good with that. I understand. Because we're going to talk about the authority and the servant. Because if you're a servant, you're not given directions, are you? If you're a servant, you're being told what to do, correct? So that means you will always have somebody over you bossing you around. And we just love that, don't we? Now, this is a big deal because you and I should take notice, in our culture today, leaders' authorities are not respected. We all are, nobody's going to tell me what to do. Now, that should give us a little hint right there. You know what? If the world's like that, and I tend to be like that, that must be the opposite of what God wants. There is this passage in Matthew chapter 8 that is staggering. Jesus returns to Capernaum. A Roman officer came and pleaded with him. Lord, my young servant lies in bed paralyzed in terrible pain. And Jesus said, I'll come and heal him. But the officer said, look, I'm not worthy to have you come into my home. Just say the word from where you are and my servant will be healed. That's pretty impressive, isn't it? Wow, that's faith. Why did he have such faith? Okay, we're about to be told why he believed that. I know this because I'm under the authority of my superior officers, and I have authority over my soldiers. I only need to say, go, they go. Come, they come. And if I say to my slaves, do this, they do it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed. Now, that word amazed is an incredible word. In the original, it's only found one other place in the Gospels. Jesus was amazed at their unbelief. So Jesus is staggered. King James says marveled. He's just taken aback. He's just shocked. He's just, wow. Turning to those who were following him, he said, I tell you the truth, I haven't seen faith like this in all of Israel. This guy now is at the top of the ladder, isn't he? And Jesus said to the Roman officer, go back home, 
because you believed it has happened and the young servant was healed that same hour. Why was he healed? The man understood authority. He knew that Jesus had authority all of the powers of hell and the powers in the unseen world. He knew that Jesus had the authority to say this and happen, this and happen. And because he understood that, because he was a person under authority, because he had some authority, he recognized the power that God had. And because of that, he believed that Jesus could do whatever he said. And so this authority issue becomes a big issue in our lives because we are to put God as our authority, right? That's why if you call him Lord, it means you're his servant and he tells you what to do and you say, yes, sir. Well, let me walk you through some things. First of all, there's four principles of authorities established by God. I've been through this before with many of you, but just so it's a repetition, I'll, I'll just do it quickly. I don't have the scriptures, but I've given you reference if you want to look it up later. First of all, the government. God has put the government in place. Second of all, the home is a place of authority. The work or school, if you're younger, place of authority, and the church. Thus, parents, let me just give you a little clue here. If you have a child in school and they go to school, they have authorities over them, their teacher. And if their teacher does something, gives them a bad grade, corrects them, disciplines them in some matter, and if you go to that school and say, my son, my daughter would never do that. They deserve better. They deserve different you need to fix this and you need to change that. A parent does that, you have undermined the authority of the school. You have taught your child to undermine authority and before long, they will undermine the authority of the home. Because parents, if you don't understand authority, the greatest lesson you have to teach your kids, one of them, is how to live with authority because you will have authority your entire life. <laughs> now, I put one verse in here because I, I just love the way it's written and it kind of gives you an understanding of how serious this is. It has to do with the church. Acts chapter 23, gazing intently at the high council, Paul begins, he says, brothers, I've always lived before God with a clear conscience. He hasn't said anything wrong, has he? He's just made a statement. It's a, it's a factual statement. And instantly, Ananias, the high priest, commanded those close to Paul to slap him on the mouth. What did I do? Paul said to them, God will slap you, you corrupt hypocrite. Was the high priest that? Yes. What kind of judge are you to break the law yourself by ordering me struck like that? And those standing near Paul said, look, do you dare insult God's high priest? Now you and I would say, you bet I do. I have a right to, you know. He did that and I'm, I'm right. I haven't done anything wrong. Right? That'd be our response. I'm sorry, brothers. I didn't realize he was the high priest, Paul replied. For scriptures say... You must not speak evil of any of your rulers. Wow. I'm sorry. I didn't know who he was. He is in a position of authority. I didn't have a right to say what I said. 
That's impressive. Told you it's going to be quiet today. So what's the purpose of authorities? Romans gives us a clear definition of this in Romans chapter 13. Everyone must submit to governing authorities. For all authority comes from God. And those in positions of authority have been placed there by God. Even the corrupt ones. So anyone who rebels against authority is rebelling against what God has instituted and they will be punished. For the authorities do not strike fear in people who are doing right, but in those who are doing wrong. Would you like to live without fear of the authorities? Do what's right. They'll honor you. The authorities are God's servants sent for your good. But if you're doing wrong, of course you should be afraid for they have the power to punish you. They are God's servants sent for the very purpose of punishing those who do what is wrong. So you must submit, boy, we hate that word, to them, not only to avoid punishment, but also to keep a clear conscience. So God tells us through Romans, through Paul's writing, he says, here's what the authorities are all about. They're to promote. They're they're there to take care of you, to help you, to get along better in life and to do more in life. They're there to punish you. When you do what's wrong, you deserve to be put in your place. Well, I didn't do anything wrong. Boy, we've heard that how many times? They're there to protect you. They're there to keep order in life. They're there to provide for you what you have need of. They're there to perfect you, to make you a better person and a better Christian. And they're there to have the power to do what needs to be done. So the purpose of these authorities is clearly defined in Scripture. It tells us that God has done it. God has put everybody in place. God knows what he's doing. God uses them and works through them for our good to help us. But we have a lot of problems with authorities, don't we? You know, I just don't like them. Their personality is weird. They shouldn't be in a place like that. They just don't deserve it. I would prefer that somebody else be there. That's not the way I want to do things. That's not how I think should be done. So I think they should do it this way. And if they don't do it that way, then I don't need to respect them. And they think they've got privileges to do certain things and everything. And I don't think everybody should have that privilege. We're all equal. We're all the same. And they're full of pride and their ego is there. And they're just bossing me around because they think they're better than me and no better than me. And besides that, they're just profane. They're unholy. They're evil. They're obscene. They're abusive. They're not right. They're evil. They're not good people. They're ungodly people. Told you it's going to be really quiet. And so, that's how we look at it. But as a servant, I am called to live under authority. Well, I'll live under God's authority. (laughs) It's a great excuse. The problem is, how do you serve God? It's not a trick question, by the way. By serving people. How do you submit to God's authority? By serving the authorities that God's instituted, correct? 
So the logic is, God put them in place. God expects me to live under them. Because if I don't live under them, I'm not going to live under God's authority. If I don't like what the teacher did to my child, and if I don't like what my parents did, and if I don't like how the government's running things, then I can express my opinions to God when I don't like how he's doing things here on this planet. And how he didn't take care of me, and how he let this happen, and why didn't he do this, and he wants me to do what? I don't think that's right. I don't think God would expect that of anybody. I think I can do what I want to do. I'm not a bad person. I'm a good person. I don't need anybody telling me around. It's just the way it works. True story. I've told you this before, but I just want to tell you again. It's one of my favorites. I was a youth pastor. Had a young man come to see me. He said, uh, I don't know what's going on in my life. I, I just don't like what's going on. It just seems like everywhere I go, people are trying to tell me what to do. My parents, they just don't understand me, and they just don't get me, and they just don't know what I'm all about, and it just seems like there's constant conflict, and I got this part-time job, and the manager there is just unfair and unreasonable and isn't doing what they need to be doing, and school has been really hard and difficult, and I'm glad it's over with, and I was thinking about going to college, but I just don't know that I can take and what they have to offer and do everything. So I just listened for a while as he just unloaded all of that. And I said, well, what do you think you're going to do about it? True story. He said, I'm going to go join the Marines. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I said, I think that's a great idea. You see, that's how it happens. If you don't understand authority and if you don't live under authority, you will constantly be rubbing your authorities the wrong way and you will make your life miserable. And if you choose not to listen to anybody and let anybody be over you, you're not a servant. Servants serve with the right attitude to those that are over them. Well, pastor, how do I know that I'm living under this authority? What's the proof? Okay, I've got a little list here that you can kind of check off in, in your own life to see, are you really living as a person under authority? Because God expects you to. We just read it. He says, God has established all these authorities for us, hasn't he? God says, I did all this for your good. Now, no child ever thinks their parents are doing things for their good. We just don't live that way, do we? That's not our nature, is it? We're rebellious at heart, aren't we? And so we rebel against those who are over us. If I don't like what the government's doing, I will voice my opinion. And so we have people voicing their opinions and dividing families and dividing homes and creating conflict in our culture because no one respects those who are in charge. Well, they don't deserve to be in charge. God thinks so. And I'll just gripe about the boss and them telling me what to do and how there's always somebody doing something, I could run the thing so much better. And I wouldn't treat people this way. And I wouldn't do this. 
We are people who are rebellious. By the way, the Bible says that rebellion is similar to the sin of witchcraft. So what's the proof? Number one, you promote authority. You promote it. In other words, you don't promote your authority, but you promote the authorities over you. I want to live under authority. I want them to be in a place. You're not like the young man who comes into my house. You're not looking for your freedom. You're not looking to get to a place where I want to get to a place where nobody's telling me what to do. If you're at a place where nobody's telling you what to do, then you're in charge and you're in trouble. You respect them. You honor them. You want there to be harmony, not chaos. You don't talk about them behind their back. You respect the person. You respect the position. Well, that person in charge isn't very godly. Well, neither are you with that attitude. And it doesn't say in the Bible, you respect only the authorities that are godly. It doesn't say that. In fact, during the time of Jesus and Paul, the high priest, he wasn't really a godly man. The Roman government, boy, far from ungodly, worse than any government you and I have ever lived under. Immoral, corrupt, incredible. And yet, time comes, do we pay taxes? Jesus says, yeah, you owe to Caesar what's Caesar's. you promote it. Well, God's my authority. Well, good. Then you'll have no problem submitting to the authorities that God has put into place. And so you view authorities as a positive in your life because it's positive for me. Learning to live under authority is one of the great lessons that every person has to learn in life because there will always be somebody around who is over you. And if you spend your life trying to get out from under it, you are going to spend your life creating problems for yourself time and time again. Because God says, when you don't live under these authorities, God will punish. God will let you reap the results of what you're sowing. And so you come to that place where you look at authorities in a positive light. And you say, yes, I love authorities. I want them in their place. They need to be put into place. And you promote them and you have a high regard for them and you have a positive attitude towards them. Secondly, you appeal to your authority properly. Well, what if I disagree with them? Okay, you have a conversation with them. You respect their position, so you talk to them with respect. I just want you to know I'm having a problem here. I'm not sure the problem is me. I'm not sure who the problem is. I just want you to know here's what I'm going through and here's what I'm dealing with and here's what I think, but you're in charge. I just want you to understand where I'm coming from, but whatever you decide to do, I'll be willing to accept that and I will have a positive conversation. I'm not going to go before them and say, if you keep doing this, I'm going to quit. I don't say, look, if you don't change, I'm going to turn you in. I don't threaten them. I talk to them with respect because they deserve the respect because of the position that God has them in. No gossip, no anger, no demands. 
no, hey, you know what? You're really not very good at doing this. I could do this a lot better than you. Why don't you let me be in charge? And so you can express to them what you're going through. We have a way in our country to express what you feel about the government. But you don't do it by yelling and screaming and demanding and threatening. Boy, I hope it's just quiet when I'm trying to take my nap this afternoon, you know. (laughs) So you have a positive conversation. You are willing to appeal them. God says you can do that. I've gone to God a lot of times. You have too. God, I don't understand what you're doing. God, I don't like what you're doing. But God, I want you to know something. I love you, and I'm going to serve you. And even though I don't understand, and even though I'm having a hard time with this, I am still going to follow you. And so you're willing to talk with them in a positive way, and not a negative way. A little honey will get you a long way. People are willing to have a conversation when they're not threatened. People are willing to talk when you're not accusing them, when you're not tearing them down. See, you build them up because I want the authority there. I have some things I question, so I can talk with them about that. I've had that conversation with some authorities in my life. They gave me times answers I did not care for, but yet, okay, I understand. I've said what I need to say. I don't need to say it again. Now I'm going to make sure my attitude is right, and I'm going to keep doing what I'm supposed to do by taking the right actions to follow up on this. Because you're in charge. And we're good. And you don't pout when you don't get your way. Well, I went and talked to them and nothing changed. I think something needs to change. I went and said something. They, they need to change that. Well, once in a while my kids would come home from school first of the year and say, boy, this teacher's really hard. And I'd go, aw. And inside I'm going, yes. Will you go and talk to the, yeah, I'll go talk to him. You want to come with me? My child here is having a problem. What can we do to help you so that they can grow and learn better? Kids going away, going, fat chance. Why did I waste my time with him? No threats. They're the one in charge. Don't get your way. This is how you work. You get your kids jobs when they're young. Why? You want to teach them how to live with an unfair boss because they're going to have some. And you better learn how to do it now. Otherwise, you're going to spend the rest of your your life unhappy with anything that you do because, well, I don't want to be in charge. I just want you to do it my way. 
It's always a great line from people. Oh, no, I don't want to be in charge. But they'll sit around going, bap, 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 bap. You don't get offended. You don't get mad when you're told no. You don't take your ball and go home. You don't become a rebel. You have a great attitude. You're not a victim. You swallow your pride. Well, I tried. This is the way they are. Okay, I understand that. I'm going to do the best I can. Whether that boss is good or bad, I'm going to be the best employee they've got. Whether that boss is fair or unfair, I'm going to be the best employee you could ever have. And I've had a time or two where I've had some pretty hard bosses and it came time for me to leave and I'd walk away into my surprise. Oh, we'd like for you to stay. I'm going, but the whole time I was here, you did what? You know, you know how it goes, don't you? You see, you're not going to get your way in life. In fact, you shouldn't get your way in life most of the time. But I want my way. My way is the right way. No, 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 no. Your way is your way. There are a lot of other ways. And you see, we don't want to submit to the authorities because we want our way. And you see, the home breaks down because someone in the relationship and in the home doesn't get their way. And when they don't get their way, what do they do? They create issues, don't they? They don't understand. God has me in this place. He knows where I'm at. And he is able to take care of me. So you don't pout. You obey promptly. You don't get to have all your questions answered. A servant doesn't get everything explained to them, do they? They're told, go do this. Well, why? Well, how come? I don't think I can do I could do this over here better. I, I think I can do that later. No, I want you to do it now. But I don't want to do it now. I, I've got another time here. No, I want you to do it now. You see, we, we've got this under, uh, false idea that serving God is a democratic position and everybody gets a vote. If you're serving God, you have no vote. He's God. He doesn't need your advice. He's always right. He expects you to obey. You're a servant. You've got a wonderful attitude. You're doing the things that you know you need to do. <laughs> you don't get a vote. You, you, you don't get to, well, here's what I think. Okay, you can think what you want, but I'm God. I'm right. You've said you want to follow me. You said you want to serve me. Then here are the things that I expect of you. Well, I don't understand that. Okay, you don't. I expect you to do it anyway. I expect you not to do it anyway. And so you obey promptly. You come to a place where you're willing to do what you're told to do. Well, I know this 
teacher, this person at work, this they want me to do this project. I don't want to do it. I think I'll just stonewall them. I, I think I'll, I'll show them. I'll, I just will do it. Or I'll do it poorly and they'll never ask me to do it again. We have all kinds of little ways of rebelling, don't we? And so, obedience is the key to living under authority. And you're willing to obey the moment you know what is expected of you. The centurion in the story with Jesus says, look, you don't need to come to my house. Here's what I know. All you got to do is say the word because you're in charge. And when you say the word, it'll be done. Jesus was amazed. He said the word, the text we read, at that moment, he was healed. At that moment. So you obey promptly. You have positive relationships. You don't hang around people who are rebels. Because like attracts like. And you don't get together in a little group that's nothing more than a group that's just complaining about everything that's going on in this world. A person who's a rebel won't get along with people. They'll be angry. They'll be mad. They'll be upset. They'll be demanding. They have to have their way. So you put yourself into a place where you develop relationships that are healthy for you, that help you obey and do what is right. You are able to meet with people and greet with people. If you want to talk about politics, you can talk about it and nobody gets upset and you don't make it a time where you just tear down everybody in charge. You talk about it and then you know you can pray about it. Because God has a plan and he has people right where he wants them right now to accomplish his plan. Well, what could he possibly do with all of this? You know, he hasn't told me. But I do read somewhere that he says his ways are not our ways. And that he does things differently than I do. And what he's working on and doing is beyond my understanding. But here's what I know. I can trust him with it. And so I want to be around people. I want to have positive relationships. With the people over me, I want to have positive relationships. What can I do to make the relationship as positive as possible? I want to be that type of person. Where that the boss, when you walk in on Monday morning, doesn't say, oh man, here they are. We got to go again another week. Them always questioning me, them always griping about something, them always spreading rumors in the office, them always talking bad about everything behind my back. Rather than the boss sees you walk in on Monday morning and goes, man, good, I wish I had a lot more employees like that. You have positive relationships. You're a person of faith. See, in our text. He had great faith. Why? Because he understood authority. He understood who was in charge. He understood who had the right to say what he said. So here's what you do. God, 
You see where I'm at, and you see what I'm going through, and you see what's happening. God, I believe you have that person in that place for me to help me become a better person. So help me to learn from them what I need to learn. And God, even though they may not be godly, and even though they might do some things I question, I know that you're in charge of them, and I know you'll take care of that. And God, I trust you to take care of me no matter what this person in charge of me does. God, you've got it all under control. I'll serve. God, I may not like what's going on, but God, I trust you because you expect your servants to be under authority. And if you're not under authority, you're not a servant because authority establishes order. And so what we have happening in the home is there's no order because there's no authority structure because no one wants to let someone else be in charge. We have a country that's fallen apart because of order. No one's willing to respect the order. Most believers have become secular in their understanding of authorities. They become like everybody else. I have my rights. I can do what I want. I can say what I want. No one can tell me or make me do what I don't want to do. And so God has to work overtime with us, doesn't he? To remind us he's still in charge. And he puts people into places that he wants into places. And those authorities are the channel through which God works in our lives. And when you refuse to live under the authorities that God has ordained, you have blocked God's ability to help you. Because you're living in rebellion. Most, too many believers resent authority not realizing that all authority comes from God. Well, what if I got a really bad authority? I am not saying if you are being physically abused, you have to stay in a situation. But I am saying you need to get yourself in a safe place and not allow yourself to become angry and bitter because of what you've had to go through. God wants to use the authorities to build me up, not tear me down. Authority is our friend because authorities help our faith. We understand God's in control. And so when you start complaining about the government, is God still in control of it? Well, I guess, but no, no, no. He's still in control. You start complaining about the work and the school and all that kind of, is God still in control of it? He still knows what he's doing. What does he want to teach me? And if you will not live under earthly authority, you will not live under God's authority. So I am here this morning to tell you, you and I are here as servants. We are to serve with the right attitude. Our actions are that we constantly keep serving. 
and we respect and honor the authorities that God has in place in our lives. And rather than trying to spend our time to get out from under anybody telling me what to do, I will spend my time growing and learning from the person that God has over me because even God can use the ungodly people to teach us godly lessons. So you and I don't get to be like the rest of the world if you're going to be a servant. So how are you doing with this? How are you allowing this to influence your life, your job, your home, church, the world we live in? Do you recognize that God has things in place and people in place and they're there for a reason and he's going to use them to accomplish his plans and his purpose in my life and in the whole scheme of things? And if they are, God's in control. God's in control. I can trust him. Are you trusting him? Would you take a moment, would you just bow your head? You and God. Lord, what is it that I need to learn? What is it that I need to change? What is it that needs to be different in my life? Maybe you're here this morning, you're not a Christian because you're not willing to let somebody else be in charge of your life. You want to run things. And you running things has got you in the mess that you're in. Wouldn't it be great to allow somebody else to be in charge? And you make God the Lord. You put him in that place where he's in charge of things. And he uses others to help us, to direct us, to change us. Lord, today would you help us in our lives to be the people that we need to be that we would understand that you're the one who is in control of all things in our lives or be to surrender to you and for you to be the Lord of our life. And that means that you will use the authorities here on this earth to help me, to bless me, to take care of me, to grow me. Would you help me to be a servant? It's not easy, but it's the only way life makes sense. And it's the only way I accomplish your plans and your purposes. So God help us, I pray in thy name. Amen. Thank you for joining us for today's service. If you would like to talk with someone about what you've heard, please visit our website at faith.ag or call us at 239-543-2700. If you're in the Fort Myers area and don't already have a church home, you're invited to join us for Sunday morning at 815 and 1045 a.m. Faith Assembly is located at 7101 Bayshore Road. Join us again next week for Sunday Morning. Faith Assembly Sunday Morning is a production of Faith Assembly Media Tech, North Fort Myers, Florida.